0: Playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Good morning and welcome to episode two ninety three of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Hello.
1: Goodness gracious, Ben. (laughs) What? You sound you sound sadder than usual. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, everybody go back, rewind, re listen to that intro and see if you don't (laughs) notice that. Ben sounds really just crushed by the news of Manny Machado and CC Sabathia's season's ending.
0: I was actually just thinking about uh, my reaction to Machado as opposed to my reaction to to Harvey, uh, and how it is the injury for Manny Machado. Yes, that is what we're talking about. Um, it's, it's it's not uh, quite the same level of depression. I feel like just because the season is. Is essentially over, and you'd like to think that it's the sort of thing that won't won't continue into next season. Although it could be. Um,
1: I thought I thought that the um, I thought that the Roy Halladay's start was more like the Matt Harvey experience for me. So Matt Harvey's uh, Matt Harvey Roy Halladay's start today was ex- like profoundly sad. I thought.
0: Yeah, but that's that's kind of been going on all year. That's just.
1: It has been, yeah
0: yeah which maybe makes I mean, it even worse
1: topped out at 83
0: yeah hmm. yeah it does it does kind of have the uh, i guess it has in common with Harvey as a in addition to the fact that it's a exciting promising young player is the fact that it was so so sudden and unpredictable and and there was no real cause for it it was like it was just a completely completely innocuous play he wasn't even running hard uh, he just kind of landed on the bag the wrong way um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that can just happen at any time to even a a young player um who's been healthy and so that's yeah that that part is kind of depressing but hopefully it it won't linger as long uh maybe harvey's won't linger as long as we initially thought it would
1: yeah, I'm actually kind of excited by the idea that Harvey might be in the Arizona Fall League. Um, like, I don't, if he is, maybe he'll, I don't know, who knows wh- whether he'll be airing it out and maybe he'll be, you know, just working himself back into, you know, into shape or, or whatever. But I like when elite pitchers get to face non-elite hitters or vice versa like I I like it when Manny Ramirez does a rehab in Rancho Cucamonga yes uh, at the the peak of his fame Mm -hmm. um and I I don't think there's enough of that Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of excited to think that he might be pitching against you know I mean you know it's good prospects but uh I I don't know it'd be fun to see Mm
0: mm-hmm are you? I don't see it. Are, yeah, I was gonna ask her. you gonna be out there at all? No. <laughs> okay. I,
1: I will see probably like a handful of Carson Stouli gifts <laughs> is what I will see.
0: I think I'll be out there for the very beginning of the AFL, so maybe I'll see something. Um, okay. So what's your what's your topic?
1: Actually, it is uh, Manny Machado
0: of oh, all things. Okay. And mine, I was gonna say ranking playoff rotations. But then it occurred to me that maybe we should draft the playoff rotations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, not okay. a, it's not a it's not a draft that that we can uh, have someone keep track of for us and check back unless it <laughs> unless no not we can't really do that we can't really do that but uh, but we could talk about which ones we would we would rather have where we would rank them. Um, you want to do you want to go first since we were just talking yeah, about Machado
1: sure 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 so um, I'm gonna just for the, we don't know the severity of the injury uh, and for the sake of this conversation let's just uh, let's be optimistic uh, and go forward with the presumption that he'll be back for opening day next year and that this won't be a uh, anything that derails his career or anything like that um, and so I just wanted to review his season now that it's it's over we've talked about Machado at, at various points uh in fact I think last year when they brought him up we talked about him and mm-hmm. we talked about him when he was kind of uh, just really starting to get supercharged in May or so um, and I, th- I think we've both written about him this year um, and you know Machado had this incredible stretch where he was playing at a uh, trout level as a 20 year old and you know was was on something like trout's war pace uh, for a while and then he, he kind of had a, a pretty lackluster offensive second half and uh so you could if you know very easily if you wanted to focus on the the second half and say oh well he you know the league figured him out and uh you know he's he's not that good a hitter yet but he's a great defender um but i just wanted to review it in in whole um and figure out what you know who who kind of his precedents are and and historically what his season means Mm -hmm. so um so you know i just did uh, i'll just go a couple quick a couple quick queries um uh, there have been 148 players in history, or I guess I think I did since 1945. No I didn't it was in history uh, who had like 400 played appearances at second, third or short in an age 21 or younger season. Machado is 20 but I wanted a bigger pool mm-hmm. and he's at about the 65th percentile for OPS plus uh, by that measure. He's 21 and,
0: by the but you mean age 20 season?
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's at about the, the 65th percentile for OPS+, plus as well as for Offensive War. If you limit it just to 20-year-old seasons, you're down to 35 uh, seasons that fit the bill, and he's 15th out of the 35. So uh, that's a little lower than 65th percentile, but you know, it's like 60th percentile. He's, he's above average. And just uh, to give you a comparison, he basically, his age 20 season offensively, looks very similar to starlin castro's age 20 season uh, offensively uh castro was at shortstop he was at third but of course he was a much better third baseman mm-hmm. and so uh he out he out wins uh castro and most of those other haters because um of his defense and so you're when you start looking at at his war he basically moves up into the elite level uh sixth out of 148 for 21 and under and and second out of um, 35 for, for age 20 exactly. And um, so that's that's the quick stuff. But uh, I went looking for the, the sort of four, the, the very most comparable seasons um, as as his. And I think that I found them. I think that these are the four most comparable. And again, we're looking at second, third, and, and shortstop. We're basically looking at players who had an offensive performance that was similar to his as well as a a Total value that was uh, above average. I said above average is the bar, though he's well above average, and uh, all these seasons are well above average, though none as high as his. So the four that I think are, are most comparable are um, Bill Mazeroski, who uh, you could look at 20 or 21. His age 21 season is more similar. In fact, his batting line is 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 almost identical. Ma- Machado hit 282, 313, 431. And Mazeroski hit 275, 308, 439. So basically five points less on average in OVP and, and 10 points higher in slugging uh, was Mazeroski. Um, adjusted for league, they're basically the same. Mazeroski hit 19 homers, that must so have more been, homers.
0: That must have been like his best slugging season ever, right? Because he wasn't much of a power hitter. Well,
1: well Ben, um, maybe you oh. maybe you should just <laughs> maybe give away all the endings.
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
1: Uh <laughs> Uh, so he hit more home runs than Machado, but fewer doubles. Um, and, of course, he was also an elite defender, though, at, at second base. And his age his 20 season was also extremely similar. His line in that season was 283, 318, 407. So almost identical average in OBP and, like, 20 points less slugging. Uh, and that year he hit eight home runs but had, uh, you know, 42 extra base hits. So some pop. Um, so Mazarowski's one. Uh, number two is uh, Buddy Bell, mm. whose uh, age 20 season would actually fit, except he was still an outfielder at the time, so he didn't he didn't get swept up in this net. But his age 21 season, uh, he hit uh, 268, 325, 393, um, similar with a little less pop, but 100 OPS plus. Machado was 99, and also was uh, rated as a very good defensive player at third. Uh, 14 homers, same as Machado, of course fewer doubles. Um, uh, the third season that uh, reminds me of it is is Adrian Beltre's age twenty season, one hundred and two OPS plus. Um, this is kind of I don't know if you remember this, but Beltre at twenty was like incredibly patient. Like I don't think mm-hmm. of Beltre as a patient guy, or yeah. he's always been kind of in my head a low OBP slugger for mm-hmm. for what he is. Uh, but he uh, actually drew. He had a two seventy five batting average, three fifty two OBP, four twenty eight slugging, fifteen homers. 102 OPS plus, great defense. So uh, the last one is 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 Robin Yount, and you know isn't I don't know if I, I I can't decide whether I think Yount is the best comp or the worst of the four. But also you know a slightly below average hitter. Uh, he was playing shortstop at the time, uh, didn't have the pop that Machado had. Although Machado doesn't have. Uh, you know, a lot of home run pop relative to some of the other stars in the game. So uh, those are four names. Uh, You could include Lou Whitaker, Robbie Alomar, Mike Caruso as middle infielder types, but for various reasons i tossed them out, even though they had kind of surfacy uh, value-related similarities. Um, But you're talking about uh, a Hall of Famer in Mazeroski who doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that's sort of useful about Mazeroski is that if you imagine looking at mazaraski through the lens that that we might it, it would it would look very it, it would in a lot of ways look very similar to to machado there would be sort of concerns about his bat and his approach particularly his approach you would be intrigued by the power you would think maybe he might grow into a little more power or something like that but really you would be thinking well you know his his overall warp is so defense dependent and you know, we all know about one year of defensive metrics, and you might be thinking, well, it's it's either going to regress or he himself will lose some of that defensive value. And, in fact, Mazarowski just kept being an amazing defender for the rest of his career, and it carried him all the way to the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. you're right that that is his best slugging season. He never really got better as a hitter, but he, didn't, he also didn't really get worse, uh, considerably worse. Um, he got a, a little worse, but, you know, he basically was a... Below average, but not terrible hitter mm-hmm. for most of his career, and then the last like five years he was pretty terrible. Um, but you know he basically kept doing what he was doing, and um, if Machado kept doing what he's doing, it would probably be disappointing to some. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know it, it's it's a close to a Hall of Fame career what he would what what that would be for him. Um, Bell, this would be a
0: pretty unusual trajectory, though, to to have your big power year at age. 21 and then last to age 35, but never never hit for that much power again
1: just Yeah, seems it unusual probably it Probably probably is somewhat unusual, but probably not as unusual as you think
0: yeah, nothing is
1: I Bet a lot of guys have their best power year when they're 21 mm. They're just in double-a hmm I mean one of the things that makes it hard to search for comps is that very few players are playing regularly at age 20 yeah. no matter how good they are that's why I brought in 21. But even 21, if you're drafted out of college, you're not in the big leagues at 21 either. So there's a lot of seasons in Double A that would be similar to Machado that we don't ever get to find out about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bell never developed really much power either, but became a, a very kind of good hitter um, with a kind of I don't know. He became a he was a batting average hitter for most of his career, developed into a little bit of a walks hitter, and also was an elite defender for most of his career at third base. Um, And a Bell, not a Hall of Famer, but probably should be, Um, certainly better than Mazeroski, arguably better than Craig Biggio, um, and, uh, you know, would be one heck of a career for Machado. Uh, Beltre, in a lot of ways, uh, you could find similarities between them. They were both elite prospects. They both debuted at 19 with, you know, like half seasons. They both had... Uh, things about their rookie seasons at age 20 that, or not rookie, but first full season at age 20 that were incredibly thrilling, um, and uh, you know both were graded out as elite defenders. And Beltre kept that for his entire career, and probably, sh- well, I mean, certainly, I, w- I would say should be a Hall of Famer, and I would guess probably will be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Yount is a weird trajectory, um, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to draw about him, uh, but basically held on as a you know near-average hitter, and then he peaked in his mid-20s, mid-to-late 20s, and kept that level for an exceptionally long time. Um, so this is not a uh, particularly instructive way of doing analysis, but it's uh, a way that I like to, uh, to sort of <laughs> shrink the sample, actually, as small as possible. And uh, I don't know, do you have one of those that you think is particularly... Um, Kind of interesting or optimistic or pessimistic for Machado?
0: Mm, I I guess I like the Beltray the Beltre comp. I don't know. I mean, he's he's the most recent and and they've kind of been grouped together even in the present season, which is kind of strange because we're talking about Beltray's you know age age twenty season and he's he and he and Machado have been kind of lumped together at times this season as, you know, maybe the best defensive third baseman in the American League and uh maybe among the the best at the position period even though Beltre is now 34 um but is is still in that discussion. So uh I don't know. I mean, I guess it's an encouraging group of comps if it's if it's two Hall of Famers, maybe three Hall of Famers, maybe four Hall of Fame caliber players. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a few... Because at the beginning of the season, Trout and Harper were kind of in their own tier, it seemed like. And then mm-hmm. Machado had that crazy first half and pushed himself into that discussion um, where it was like you you couldn't mention Trout and Harper without someone saying, and Machado. Correct. Um, right. And then he had his second half, which maybe bumped him back out of that tier. But if you well, look, why, at, but if you look yeah, at the full ahead. season, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's silly to look at at a crazy first half or a relatively slumping second half and and you know bump him up or down be, based on that. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the full season, I guess if his comps are Hall of Famers or near Hall of Famers, then he probably deserves to be mentioned in that group, though I guess not quite the same caliber of, of player.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's why I wanted to, actually that's what got me thinking about talking about him tonight is that in my head the narrative that I was going to talk about was how Machado had fallen out of the Trout-Harper group Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, why that happened and how pessimistic we are about him and then I started, like, trying to find evidence (laughs) to support this Mm -hmm. narrative and I I realized that there's actually not any that he probably... I mean, you know, I think that at this point the only reason that we put Harper um, apart from him is because of the kind of uh, baggage that Harper, the positive baggage that Harper carries from, you know, mm-hmm. his his age 15 season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Harper's season, I mean, Machado's season is more encouraging than, than Harper's, objectively speaking, right?
0: Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not like Machado is a, uh, you know, 16th round pick no. who just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Manny Machado. Yes. so. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're uh, still all in, okay?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: All right, okay.
0: Okay, so I have. I don't this... want
1: to do it. I don't. I don't want to do a draft unless a winner can be determined. Okay. So we need to figure out either a way to, to so have a winner.
0: The only way that we could do a winner is if we take the the players who are in the playoff rotations right now and say which is the best over the next year. We could do that.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Okay. Then. I would like to do postseason, postseason, postseason ERA. <laughs>
0: um, I think I'd rather, I'd rather just not
1: do a draft. Then I guess
0: I, I don't know. I'm, on,
1: I'm I'm all. I'm all over that idea.
0: Okay, yeah, because postseason ERA will not will not tell us who was who is right. Um, okay, so then we can just talk about. Uh, which ones we like best. Then I guess that I I threw the Rangers into this group. um, So I have 11 and I didn't really look at, at who, which starters are lining up for which days or, or, you know, which, which teams are going to be able to set their rotations exactly the way they want them to, which is probably important, but just looking at the, the, the four or five guys who are in the mix for each team, um, and I've just kind of, kind of listed them here for my own reference, but I, I just you know wanted to talk about which ones that we think would be at the top of the group. And it, it's sort of a, it's sort of a silly exercise to to, to look at one facet of a team, uh, but it seems like a thing that we do uh, before <laughs> before every before every playoff you know period. We talk about who has the best playoff rotation, and there's no real. There's no real reason to do that because I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen any really strong evidence that that uh, that it confers a, a great advantage over and above just how good the team is. Um, but there is that perception that pitching and defense win in the in the postseason, and and so playoff rotation is the thing that we talk about because it also seems to be one of the things that changes a little bit in the postseason or. Or a team can somehow leverage in a way that it can't leverage a lineup, which is basically the the same as it was during the regular season. So, um, is there is there a playoff team that you think has clearly the best or the worst playoff rotation? Uh,
1: clearly is a relative term, but the I, I mean I would say that clearly probably the Tigers would be my mm-hmm. my pick. Yes. Rotation wise.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, I would, I would go with the Tigers first. Verlander, Scherzer, Fister, Sanchez, even with a sort of diminished Verlander, um,
1: seems... How many, how many, are we going four deep, or are we doing yeah, three? I, and, and are we, are we, are we basically cutting the value of the fourth starter in half I to think represent so. his, his I think usage?
0: So. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah. So so yeah, I would say tigers, and then I don't know. I I guess I can just kind of go over what these look like. Um, I didn't spend a, a ton of time, you know, reading about four starter rumors and which guys have an upper upper hand there. But just uh, based on a quick skim, it looks like you know Red Sox are Lester, Lackey, Buckholtz, Peavy, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. and Rays, I guess, would be Price, Cobb, Archer, Moore, uh, Dodgers, Kershaw, Granke, Nolasco, Ryu.
1: You know what we should do is after every single one of these, I should make the same sounds like a Law Firm joke. After every, <laughs> after every one.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> should um, I?
1: No. No, no, we won't. No,
0: probably not. Only okay. if one of them actually <laughs> does. Uh, Pirates, I guess you have Burnett, Liriano, Cole... Morton Uh, And by the way Cole I was wondering I was thinking about where he would be if we could redo our 25 and under starters draft because at the time that we did that he wasn't in the majors yet So he wasn't in our sample But if we had to to redo him now, I mean our our top five in that draft was Kershaw Strasburg Moore, Bumgarner Miller Followed by Harvey Latos Fernandez. Wow, Fernandez was eighth on that. Um, so where does Cole slot in for you there among those guys? I,
1: uh, like probably around eighth I, I or think, sixth, seventh.
0: Yeah, I think I. I don't know. I, put a,
1: I think I. I think I'd put him behind almost all those guys except maybe.
0: I'd put him uh, ahead of Miller. I think. I don't think
1: I. I don't, know, I don't think I don't think I'd put him ahead of Miller. I don't. It'd be close. I think Miller, Miller, Cole, and Moore are all in a cluster around six, seven, eight to me. Mm.
0: I don't know. I really like him. I think. I think he might be in my. He might be my fifth or something. He's. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Indians. Uh, you have Masterson if he if he returns from his oblique thing, Jimenez, Casimir, and then I guess Kluber. With like McAllister and Salazar floating around there, uh, A's you have Cologne, Parker, Griffin, and either Straley or, or Gray. Um, Braves you get Medlin, Miner, Tehran, and then I guess Freddie Garcia is getting discussed as a fourth starter. Uh, Not Mahalam. Also Mahalam, but seems like Garcia is a is a viable candidate there, uh, uh-huh. and then cardinals wainwright lynn miller kelly uh reds presumably cueto would be in there somewhere and then latos bailey arroyo and rain kelly
1: uh, interesting i didn't i didn't know that kelly would be in there for the cardinals i think so right I, uh could be is westbrook not pitching
0: uh i mean kelly has been really good <laughs> he's just uh-huh. yeah um yeah, when I was looking this up, I was actually surprised at, at how good he has been. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he's been consistently effective. He has like a 2 ERA in the second half in 12 starts. Um, so I think he's in there. And then Rangers would be Darvish, Holland, uh, Garza, and, and Perez, I suppose. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So... Is there is there like a tier? Is there a separation at some point where we can draw a line and say that these are the elite ones? You have the, you have the tigers, the and then I feel like you have to put the Dodgers there.
1: I don't. I wouldn't put the Dodgers. In fact, last night on um, the XM show, is it XM or Sirius? I don't remember which one survived.
0: They're they're both now, right? It's Sirius XM. I
1: thought they mer- they merged or something, right? Uh yes. This probably doesn't need to be talked about. Trump. I explicitly said uh, that the you know the Dodgers have a good rotation, but it's not like they're the Tigers or anything. Is what I said. Although I actually think I was saying that they weren't last year's Tigers, which are the same personnel. But I have the hindsight, I have the benefit of hindsight to say that. So, uh, but no, I would personally feel comfortable putting the Tigers uh, ahead of anybody else. I would say that my next tier
0: you don't think would be Dodgers one two would be better than anyone else's.
1: Um, well, Dodgers one would be better than anybody else's, <laughs> yes. which means that there, which means that it's not a, a leap to say their one two might be. I think, but
0: even their two might be better than anyone else's. Uh,
1: I would rather have Scherzer or Sanchez pitch than Greinke.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I would certainly rather have Verlander pitch than uh, Ryu, and I would certainly rather have Fister pitch than. Yes. Uh, In Alaska.
0: I agree. Detroit, definitely better. Um, Okay. Okay.
1: All right. So Detroit is number one. I would put Dodgers, Red Sox, number two and three Mm -hmm. together. And then close, so not not so far behind that I would necessarily put a, a gap there. I would have the Reds and the Rangers. Okay. And... Then I start getting confused and I forget which teams we've we've said and which we haven't. The Rays uh, would be uh, below those, maybe mm-hmm. starting a new tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put probably the Pirates near the bottom and mm-hmm. maybe the Indian Indians at the bottom. Although I don't know how much to make of Ubaldo Jimenez right now.
0: Yeah. I, right. I wrote about him recently, and it seems like a real thing, like not necessarily a thing that I would count on continuing, but right now it seems to be a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know, you are a big fan of Mike Miner, right?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of Mike Miner, and I'm a big fan of Chris Medlin. So I'm not, I'm not, but then they fall off. And, yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: And, that's... and and I'm
1: a big fan of those guys. I don't actually think that you should be a big
0: fan of them. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm
1: more a big. What I'm mostly a big fan of is how the the Braves turn, kind of just everybody they touch into mm-hmm. a good starter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm a fan of the the system that produced them. Yes. And I like those guys, but I like them because they're part of that that system. I mean, it's an emotional thing yes. as much as anything else.
0: So yeah. So so divorced from that and stacked up against the. The very elite pitching staffs in 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 the baseball. It seems to me like they might be either at the bottom or. I don't I don't love the the A's A's rotation. No,
1: I don't um, either. I would I would have the Braves ahead of the Indians, Pirates, and and A's.
0: I don't know that I would put them ahead of the Indians if Masterson is back and healthy and. I like what I've seen from Jimenez for for now. I'm fairly confident that maybe he can he can be this guy for at least a month, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I I kind of like those two guys better than anyone Atlanta has.
1: Uh, Cardinals Rays, uh, I would imagine, are going to be close to six seven, and so mm-hmm. who do you like between those two?
0: Uh, let's see, I guess probably raise.
1: Yeah. I think I would probably say I'm, I'm very, very, very high on David price at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come around on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always felt like my opinion of him didn't match the, the perception of him at least Mm -hmm. until, I don't know, until maybe the middle of this year or something. And, Mm -hmm. and now it, it seems pretty clear that he, uh, He is among the the very few best pitchers in baseball. Um,
1: So we've named 11 teams.
0: Yes, we have.
1: Is that how many we had? The the 10 plus the Rangers? Yep. Dynamite.
0: Mission accomplished. Emails. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Tomorrow is is email show. So send us some at podcast at baseballprospectus.com. I'm uh, pretty sure that we will still be answering some that people send us in the next day cuz we haven't we haven't picked out a ton already so please send us some and we will do that show tomorrow.